Hello there. Welcome to Dr. Doom's Dungeons and Dragon Ball, episode three. Today, I am joined by Captain Dadpool. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your modern major caped crusader, the infamous Captain Dadpool. I love it. I love your yeah, intro. Yeah, I know. I've heard, I've heard... I've heard your intro from your other two ones, and I was like, okay, I gotta have an intro when I come on. Oh, I so, by the way, Craig is got a man's voice. I didn't know he was gonna come on like that before you started recording. Of course. Of course. Of course, we're talking about our infamous recorder, Craig, here. Yeah, underpaid um, Craig. For those who are unaware. Yep, poor underpaid Craig. <laughs> I'm gonna... You're not careful. He's gonna unionize. I know, right? We can't have that. <laughs> can't have that. We can't have him demanding higher wages and going yeah. on. Strike. That's yeah. How good. dare? How dare him? That's still good. That's still good. Yeah. Come on, Greg. Bot. So today we're actually uh, be talking about comic books. Yeah, a topic that I find myself diverting much of my energy towards so i'm very excited to be here today i'm very excited about this um this is gonna be it's gonna be a big conversation yeah and and to be honest i mean i know like as we go on we're probably gonna break it down to make it like more like centralized like what we're gonna be talking about because this subject is so massive we could do this for like days we could poor craig would probably just want to go home After the first, like, five episodes. This is true. On that note, I think uh, we're going to start today out by, let's hear a little uh, history with comics. How did you first get into comics? Well, um, uh, I'm actually, for those who don't know, I'm actually the friend that you and um, Natenjo, is that his name? That is his name. Uh, I grew up with you two. And one thing that drew us all together is that we read comic books. for me, I read them because it was the only thing that really grasped my imagination where, you know, other things people are reading at the time when I'm younger, I'm like, eh, but comic books, something about them just gravitated towards me. People stepping out of the norm, whether they have powers or not, and doing what's right, even in the face of having to give up what that what means the most to them. I always felt that that was that in itself is something noble, something that we should all aspire to. And at times when um, the chips are down, it's good to open up a good comic book and be like, you know, allowing that to be a reminder of there's more than the options that are in front of you. Um, There's always the noble option, the one that allows you to surpass what you could selfishly do and instead do something, um, you know, for someone else. So that's, that's what kind of got me not to mention, you know, when my parents were getting a divorce, actually when we were all, coming together as really close friends it was around that time um that's when comic books meant a little more opened up at that time for me because it was a way kind of an escape and then you know i had you guys so overall comic books was a good bonding force for us this is true so not to open a can of worms here and i'm pretty sure i know the answer to this but what was your first really like major exposure to comic books or like the world of comic books and it doesn't have to be specifically comic book it could be maybe cartoon it could be some sort of um multimedia or 
even just, you know, some people got into comic books through seeing the plushies on the shelves at stores. Right, right. Um, for me, I remember, and this is another topic we can go on uh, all together. It's uh, probably the Batman animated series is what got me uh, with Kevin Conroy as Batman, Mark Hamill as the Joker. Best Joker uh, out there. Oh, my gosh, yes. And to this day, if I ever saw them, I wouldn't know what to do. I know many people would run up to Mark Hamill and go, oh, my gosh, Lear Luke Skywalker, which... I probably would too, but at the same time, like I'd no, probably be because I'm like that dude's the Joker. That dude is the Joker. <laughs> that dude's the Joker. He puts the fun in funeral. Yes. I just saw that episode in so. And that's always my my big appreciation for Mark Hamill. Really does come from his Joker. Even more, even me being as big a Star Wars fan as I am, his Joker made more of an impression on me and was more of a thing. Than mm-hmm. Skywalker, they just it just was a. Um, I feel like it was a more well-rounded character that he had developed and persona that he had created, and he played it so spot on. I I would agree. Like that laugh, oh dear sweet glory, that laugh just it makes a shiver go down your spine and like i've seen him on like some kind of um like uh he was at some kind of convention where he was being recognized as luke skywalker and there's always someone that asked him to do that laugh from the joker and he always does it and it always ah yeah so it's it's crazy that even though he's recognized for these other roles people still be like hey uh let's do that let me hear that joker laugh and that's what really got me kind of kind of gravitating towards comics once I saw that as a kid. So that's interesting because for me, my my first foray into the world of comic books, I had I did watch a little bit of and I got into it more later in life, but I did watch a little bit of the Batman animated series when it very first started. And um I had seen the old Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yep, yep. And I had seen um, the old Aquaman cartoon that would be on Cartoon Network. <laughs> yep, yep. I remember that one too. Yep, um, the really, the really campy one from like the '60s, back when the time, back when the Adam West Batman was big and all that. Where he's riding that seahorse of power. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And super friends. And I had seen all those, but none of those really drew me in the way the Spider-Man, the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Yes. Now, as much as I loved that, because I did, I absolutely loved that. And again, we go down this rabbit hole, which... I, I, my favorite episode, probably hands down, is when they meet when he meets all the different versions of himself from the multiverse, which the again, last another subject of the series. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, but that it was awesome. Yeah, like around this time period is where like not only were the shows pulling you in, the theme songs were pulling you in. You got that one um, from Spider Man. You got X Men, like hands, like oh, even today, yeah. like. Yeah, that 90s X-Men opening theme just, like, can get anybody pumped up. Yeah, 
And then, um, like for me, like I heard it and now it's like every so often, like it will just pop up in my head. That fantastic four. Don't yeah. no more. Like, oh yeah, that will pop up. And I'm like, ah, nostalgia. It's the drug. Very good. It yeah. was very good. Um, And from there, I slowly got into comics and I actually got into non-mainstream comics before I got into mainstream comics. Um, mm, that's interesting. Things, things like third-party franchised um, comics, things like the, the Sonic the Hedgehog comics. I was really big into those when I was super young. Gotcha. Um, I would say like six to ten years old. Uh, in mm. between that time period, I got really into the Sonic the Hedgehog comics. I had several issues of that. Um, I do remember and, seeing those at your house. Um, up in that, you had your room, and then you had that other room, which was like a like a mini like storage room for you. I remember seeing those in there. Yep, um, and I had I had a bunch of them. And uh, my first mainstream thing that really drew me was the Superman Blue art in the wow. 90s. Okay. The okay. Blue Superman. I'm not going to lie. It's, I I know we're going to get like later into it about like comic books that we like. I never thought you were going to bring that up. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was like, I know this dude's going to bring up stuff that I haven't thought about in years, but that is literally something that's not even at the bottom of the barrel that I thought that is completely one of the first mainstream comic books I ever like picked up off a rack at Meyer and went oh yeah this is this is pretty neat and it was at the very beginning of it when he was actually split into red and blue and they were still like trying to navigate and figure out what they were going to do with him yeah yeah Uh, even to this day like uh uh I remember I think I got Nintendo because uh, he loves Superman. I got him one of those, and he's – I remember look, him looking at it like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess Super. I think Superman split in the 90s, and he's like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, and that was one of the first comics I ever saw outside of – I mean, I mentioned Sonic. I also got pretty interested in uh, Ninja Turtles comics. Um, at that time, I was a big Ninja Turtles kid. Um, I had watched all the live-action movies. I was um, just big into everything the Ninja Turtles did. Yeah, so, uh, I'm not going to lie. Probably, and you know what? I'm, I might as well ask you now. Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Uh, I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, I'm probably going to get some flack for this, but Leo, hands down, is the best Ninja Turtle. I respect him. Yeah. I respect that. Well, mine is um, probably for those who don't know me very well, but kind of know me, going to be surprising. And for those who know me really well, are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's kind of obvious. Mikey. Yeah, that was a surprising because as a kid, you were more of a ref. I and that, said and that that's what I was saying. <laughs> People who kind of know me but don't know me real well would immediately think I would be a raft guy because I'm kind of into that grittier personality and that more abrasive attitude but um no i'm i'm a big mikey fan i'm pretty goofy and i can really appreciate it yeah booyah shaka that's what yeah. he says in the new uh, nickelodeon. nickelodeon i i loved that by the way uh the nickelodeon turtles 
Not the one they're doing now, the one they did before that. Um, the Seth Green as uh, Leonardo. And then the guy from Lord of the Rings, you're going to have to remind me his name, Sean something as Raph. I cannot remember his name. Uh, yep. you, know who I'm t- you know who I'm talking about, right? I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, that one. Um, from... He plays Sam Wyganji on, uh, on Lord yep. of the Rings. Yep. yep. That's uh, all I refer I, him to. So. I want to say <laughs> that one started... I might be wrong on this, but 2013? It sounds about right. Yeah, I was living in yeah. Chicago at the time when it first started, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so the, the, the one from 2013, I actually really enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah. And my kids kind of grew up on that one. That was their first introduction to the Ninja Turtles and got pretty into it. I was pretty into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I did too. Um, it was one of those things where you know, me and my wife would be, even though we'd be working, come home, like, what do you want to watch? And then that just happened to be on, we'd watch it. And if she, if she likes it, then it must be good. Cause I like, I'm kind of a sucker for anything comic related where I'll watch it, even if it's bad. But if she likes it, then it's, it's decent because she, I guess, a better judge of character when it comes to shows. So. That's yeah, funny. She, I kind of feel yeah. the same way with, uh, with stuff with my wife, the stuff she likes is always uh, usually probably the better stuff, even though I will just watch anything that has some sort of comic name attached to it and then be sorely disappointed that it's not like the comics, which is a whole issue that I have with uh, comic-based movies and TV shows. And I struggle with that a little bit. It's hard for me to separate the two, even though I really probably should. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, honestly, if you are a comic reader, uh, you know, whether you really love the storyline that you're reading or you just like that, they, you know, they made a, a mention of it in a TV show. Uh, you mean, you, there's going to be moments where you're kind of like, because you're like, oh, like that opens up a door to this comic and then they don't do it. And you're like, well, this is, this is, this is trash now, or they do try to attempt it. And you're like, that was nothing like the comic books at all. This is trash. It, it's, it's funny. Cause it's almost feel like comic readers are so quick to trash things that aren't what we originally read. It's very true. It's, yeah, it's we're really bad. Critics. A weak point for us. Yeah. We're like really drunk little children when it comes to comics where if anyone tries to make a video or a TV version or a movie version of what we read and it's not or it doesn't meet some kind of invisible expectation, we automatically trash it. And uh, it's it's a terrible habit. I'm going to admit it is. It is. And and I think I think you bring up a good point that we are all uh, comic book readers are kind of subject to it. Um, yes. Unless you're really able to pull yourself away from it. But I think even then, it's it's hard to separate the two. Unless you're someone like Sal from Comic Pop, please, if you can, go subscribe to Comic Pop. They're amazing. Not, spon- not a sponsor, but they are amazing. That's good. 
kind of sounded like a like a sponsor. But anyhow, no, go ahead. Uh, not though, but I just am plugging them a little because I love them that much. Um, so Sal from Comic Pop kind of is able to take comic stories for what they are. Goofy, weird stories that a lot of times don't make sense it's always like yeah no i totally see why they change this for movies and for shows or other media that um outside of comic readers will be consuming (laughs) and and i really respect that because um that is what makes him so great is that he's actually able to see them for what they are and yet still enjoy them and love them um, with all of his heart. <laughs> hmm. I could feel that. I could feel that. Actually, a uh, quick question for you. Um, I know we're supposed to talk about this sometime, but I kind of feel like this would like be a perfect like swoop around. Uh, what you been reading lately? So I was actually just about to get to that. So way to read my mind. Well done. I, I, I feel like a fish and you like Aquaman. You just throwing those thoughts over here and uh, I'm responding. All right. All right, that's good stuff. So that was a terrible analogy, but go ahead. It's fine. It's yeah, it was so bad. I was just, you know, I hope uh, Craig can just edit that later. He's kind of just so, looking at me right now. That's a no from Craig. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So there um, are really only two comics. Uh, that I actually am picking up and reading one of them, the story just finished, and that is God of War, Fallen God, um, which takes place between God of War 3 and the latest God of War from 2018. Um, wow. And I, I, I really enjoyed that. It was only four issues long, so it's very consumable, very digestible. Don't expect anything too epic to happen. It's just Kind of a little filler story with some interest and some intrigue in it. But um, I actually very much enjoyed that. See, this is why I love talking to you about comics, because I had no idea they even did that. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I guess for those who are huge fans, I guess this could be like you kind of like, hey, go check this out. Like, is it hey, are you... into comic books, man, from video games to comic books? I'm telling you. So is this a thumbs up for you or is it because I know it's something new that you're reading, but is it a thumbs up or is it like kind of a, a wavy hand or is it like the emperor well, putting over. his thumb down? Well, like oh. it, over. it was only four issues long, but I would say it's definitely more of a thumbs up than it is a thumb sideways, but it's <laughs> probably a little in between. Um if you're looking to get a ton out of this and discover a bunch of lore, you're not going to get that here. You are going to get a little lore. You're going to get some stuff where you're like, well, that's kind of neat. But it's not going to be big, epic, super spectacle like you get in the games. This is just a brief four-issue long side story. But I think it brings in an interesting thing and answers a question you would have trying to avoid spoilers here for God of War 2018. Um, If Mm. you've played that game, you know that Kratos has something in his possession 
And if you've played the other games, you'd be all like, why does he have that? This <laughs> comic explains that in a v- very creative and fitting way for the God of War world. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, with everything heading towards multiverse these days, I'm I'm waiting for there to be a a multiverse uh, God of War game. Um, I'm sure that's. By the, way, be by the way, if they do do that, I I expect my check in the mail for just dropping that idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm surprised they haven't gone through that. I know they that storyline's been. At least for me, it's it's because uh, I remember the first two, and I remember it that story going in a straight line, and then somewhere it just deviates, and you're, it just kind of just feels like a roller coaster ride. So I'm I'm very since you mentioned it, I actually might check out those comics because I'm very interested on where the story is even going now. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I feel like they did it. Because they felt like the series needed this up. But I, I kind of like what they ended up doing. Um, but I also love the old games. Um, the first one was huge for me. Mm. Me and Super Nintendo grew up playing that game. Them yeah, playing. I just watched I just watched you guys play that. I was terrible at that game. I was just like, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. So, did the old um, coach, uh, uh, couch co-op where when someone dies, you pass control to the right? Yeah, remember y'all just skipped me. I'm just like, that's cool. I'm just here to cheer <laughs> y'all. <on." laughs> so, uh, to not stay on this topic for too long, um, and sort of shift gears here, the other comic that I am reading, I'm actually an issue behind, and it's not done yet. Still has two more issues. Is TMNT Last Ronin? Oh, I'm so interested in where that's going. I've only read the first, I think, two. That and, and so am I. So uh, I. there's only been three released, and three just came out. I haven't read it yet. Um, I haven't even like thought about it yet. Um, because it keeps getting pushed. So I was kind of trying to wait because it's only five issues long. I was kind of trying to wait. But I almost don't want to wait because I'm so I'm he, so into it. And if this was a complete story, this would totally um, show up again later in the show. But uh, sadly, it won't be able to do that. Any uh, any theories on on how it might end? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like to speculate too much with comic books because that's just going to lead to your own disappointment. I feel like it's the same kind of rabbit hole you get with Star Wars movies and Star Wars series. You're just going <laughs> to anger yourself. <laughs> uh, the anger is true and it's real like the struggle. Um, I'm going to throw out this theory out there, but I already know that this is like, well, no, no, no I'm just going to throw that theory out there. I feel like time travel is going to be involved. He's gonna go back in time, prevent X, Y, Z. That makes and sense. Then, uh, he's gonna fade into. He's, the last I thing like... you're gonna see is you're gonna see all the turtle, all the turtles together. Maybe the fifth turtle. 
I don't even I... know if that's no cannon. And then he'll slowly fade it to black because let's be honest, you can't kill them. Yep. Like you can't kill Luke Skywalker because that is forbidden. Yep. But so, you know, force ghosts allow you to skirt around that anyway. Yep. So that's just, but that's all usually how you get around um, reviving characters as time travel. And since we're talking about comic books, that's usually, you know, pretty how you pretty save part of the course there. Yeah, or you just do what DC does and just hit the reset button and just go back to the beginning. Every five years. Every five years. It's Every like five years. Pretty consistently. <laughs> like the Olympics that no one asked for. It's called the reset. Yep. yep. Uh, yep. Speaking of um, DC... So I'm going to slowly shift gears again. We're shifting a lot of gears. I feel like there's like well, a 10 Before speed. you do that, I did have one thing to mention. I wanted to congratulate you on oh. the way that you're burying the lead and skirted around the spoilers for Last Ronin and just kept saying he. I like that. <laughs> I like what you did there. That was cheeky. And, uh, yeah. no, no, there are no spoilers in this show. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> yeah. If it was me writing this, I'd be like, he's not even a turtle. What? Yep. <laughs> it's, not even a, well, it's not. I like that. It's a, it's a giant mouser in the shape of a turtle who just thinks himself a turtle. I like that. With all the memories and everything. Yep, that's how I would have did it. Um, <laughs> but then I can already feel the comic uh, force angry with me for even speaking such nonsense. So I'm going to to pull my reins back on that one. So what have you been reading lately? Um, ironically, when you mention DC, you know, every time you mention DC, you think Justice League, and I've read the new Marvel uh, Heroes Reborn by uh, Jason Aaron, which I usually don't trust people with two f- middle or two first names back to back, but uh, it was decent. Uh, it felt very much like uh, Flashpoint, uh, for those who haven't read it, essentially it's the Marvel Universe, what would happen if um, Captain America wasn't was never thought out. And there's no Avengers, there's Tony Stark never invented the Iron Man armor. Um, well, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's no spoilers in this episode. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's that's what. Well, it's in the first. Well, that comic is book. the premise. That is the setup. Yeah, I'm not. Fair. I'm not going down like everything that happens, but you know, this is essentially the how. It, I, I mean, I'm just pretty much reading off like notes from like the first comic book. Um, you know, the only person who remembers is Blade, and I'm like, man, why does this sound so familiar? I'm like, oh my gosh, Flashpoint, and then yeah. you got. The Squadron Supreme, which, gosh darn it, I just, I'm not going to lie, I don't like them. I do like Nighthawk, because he's a black Batman, pretty much, and that is just something that's so cool. Like, if they ever made him, like, in a movie, they need to make Ildris Elba Nighthawk, because that would just be amazing. Um, again, I like Squadron Supreme, but I like certain versions. Um, I like yeah, Arion. Yeah, yeah. From the Squadron Supreme that Hickman introduced in his Avengers run. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. Here's. Okay. I know that you and I have talked 
on and off about the Hyperion character. Um, I know in other comic books you got Omni Man, in the boys you got um, Homelander, and yep. then Justice you got you know pretty much Stalin Superman. Um, like these characters are um, like you know they're very power hungry. They're very terrifying because of how powerful they are. Um, and yeah, I but- see the need. Go ahead. Hickman's Hyperion is none of those things. Yeah, well, I mean... Hickman's Hyperion... Okay. Well, so, have I you get, read Hickman's Avengers? Uh, not recently. It's been a while. Um, so, Hickman's Avengers, whenever Hyperion's in the book, it's basically a buddy cop book with him and Thor. Yeah, see, no, that's that's again not at all what's happening here. Um, well, and I'm and I'm aware, and I know usually how the Squadron Supreme are presented. And yeah. yeah, I understand the the um, hesitance to enjoy their characterization. Yes, I mean, I guess the thing that rubbed me the wrong way is that I hate because I'm a huge comic book fan as you uh, we mentioned like several times and of course for me for me superman is the ideal like like he's the first he's he's the strongest he has heat vision all the other stuff that he can do and to deviate from that and make him evil corrupt and all these other things like it always just like pings me the wrong way so seeing hyperium in this light where he seems like what you're talking about in Hickman's where he's one way. He's, he's all good. He's all about the American way, America. But then like, as you read on, cause I'm not going to give too many spoilers, but like, as you read on, he's, he's not like that. He's more like Homelander. And, uh, man, I, I really wanted to just hit Homelander with a, like a, the Chrysler building or something when I saw the boys. So like, I felt those feelings come back reading this and seeing Hyperion act that way. And it was like, Oh, so like I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, I've seen Marvel do better things. Um, it kind of felt like lazy writing because you're taking essentially a DC story. And well, putting it's it also Jason Aaron. Um, I have a little bit of bias towards him. I am not the biggest Aaron fan. I thought his Thor was great, but I feel like he fell flat on his face with Avengers. His whole run has been not great. Well, I'm not going to hate on a man's creativity because, you know, regardless you hate him or not, that man still walked home with a paycheck, and I respect that. But, um, not Bendis, but that's another I mean, nobody, no, let's be honest, nobody is. So, that's fair. Like, you know, one out of ten, I gave it a, I gave it about a six. It was all right, you know. That's it's not bad though. A six is it's not, bad, it's not a bad score. It's not a bad score. Like and you know, it's definitely more positive than it is negative, which is probably pretty good. Yeah, um, I think the other one that I've been reading is, uh, um, Mighty Morphin from Boom Studios. I've yeah, and I know you know this. I grew up loving Power Rangers, like Absolutely. just loving them. And now that they got their own comic series that goes deeper into like random things that fans. Not, not only that, not only that, not only does it go deeper in the lore and deeper into 
some of what the first few series of Power Rangers were. It's good. I mean, we've oh, gotten bored. Just yeah. But this one, like, I'm not currently reading it. But I was reading it during the... Um, Shattered uh, Grid. The Lord Dacon. Dracon. Yeah, that's, that's Shattered Grid. Which I was going to... Me- we're going to mention... I'm going to oh, mention yeah. later when we're going through the comics that we like. That's... That's why it made my top five because it's such a good story, and well, it's like wait, you always. Wait. I'm trying to bury the lead here. Way to just you know just shout it out there to the roof. So yeah, well, so I mean, the show today will be our top five comic. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought we said that already. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm looking at my notes. Like oh my gosh, we never said that. <laughs> well, that was that was the point. I was burying the lead till we got to it. <laughs> My bad. You see, this is see. I get all I get hyped when it comes to comic books. I just <laughs> anywho. Um, but yeah, Ryan uh, Perot's uh, uh, Mighty Morphin right now. Um, because and it's ironic because I'm watching this. I'm watching the original series with my wife. Um, because I've been I've been hyping it up, and she's like, "All right, let's watch it." So like every dinner time, we'll sit down with our son. We'll be eating. We'll watch Power Rangers. And we're at the episode where and I'm gonna drop a little knowledge on you, uh, because I'm a huge fan. Um, so right before the white, um, before Tommy becomes the White Ranger, there was um, there the actual real life characters of Jason, Trini, and Zach were like talking to Saban, like, "Hey, we need to get paid more because you're asking us to do more, and we're not kids no more. Even though we look like kids and play kids on TV, we're not kids no more. We need we need that money." He fired them like four episodes before they or four or five episodes before they actually like leave the show. And so mm-hmm. from the White Ranger episode, after he gets his powers, after that episode, all the way up until power transfer, where they introduce the three new Power Rangers to replace them. That's yeah. that's not them at all. You only see the back of them. You see them at a far off distance. And if you do see them, those are shots from other episodes. Never noticed that until I did my research when I was new knows that bring this up. I was like, oh my gosh. And so uh, going back to this, the comic book, the comic book explains what happened to them. They didn't they they're supposed to go to like a peace conference, but really they're halfway across the universe as Power Rangers on secret missions called the Omega Rangers. And if you haven't read this and if you're like huge Power Ranger fans, this is like two thumbs up from me, which I hardly ever give because i'm such a critic but yes great stuff great writing um i i have no idea what you what i'm supposed to say after that i just i i'm i'm getting off my power ranger soapbox all um, right and that's about it well i think uh this is probably a good time to just jump on in there and uh let's get into our topic of the show we're doing that top why? What? 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 Oh, topic. So today we're going to be doing our top five comics. Um, and I don't know who who do you who do you want to start us out? So we're going to be going from number five to number one. Number one being our favorite all time comic. These are our well, top five you- comics of all time. Crossed any era, any time. It could be something 
we read at any point in our lives. It could be from any time from the beginning of comics to yesterday, you know, <laughs> um, or even even this morning, you know. So right. um, this could come. I'm just this is for our viewers. You. This could be anything. Um, we're going to be pulling from a lot of different places. The only criteria we really put on it was incomplete stories. And um, to actually start us out, I believe we have some honorable mentions. Do you want to do those first to go back uh, and that's forth? What, that's what I was thinking. Um, well, I was thinking with the honorable mentions, we could just go through them. So if you just want to go ahead, you could start us off um, sure. and you could go ahead and just give us what, whatever, however many honorable mentions you have, give us your few. Uh, we will, we'll go from there. Um, I originally had three honorable mentions, but I'm probably going to do a fourth one just real quick because like the more I looked yeah. into it, I was like, oh, this is not a good story. Um, but to start off, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers versus Ninja Turtles by Ryan Pirate. Um, again, can't speak enough about how well this was written. And if you love Power Rangers and you love Ninja Turtles and you love seeing them cross powers uh, and gear, then this is the comic for you. Um, it is phenomenal. Dear Sweet Glory, is it phenomenal? That's uh, awesome. It's more phenomenal. <laughs> Uh, puns. Uh, puns. Get the shell out of here, right? <laughs> puns. Oh. Anywho. Um, the next one would be White Knight um, by Sean Murphy. Um, wow. Rez, it's only an honorable mention. That shocks yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved it. That, it was. It was. It, it was. It actually had a decent ending, and I was okay with it. Um, yep. For those who don't and know... It, 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 took a lot from the animated series which i liked yes yes even the car the car so i was like so oh my god so, so much and it was it was it was almost like a a elseworlds for the animated series and yeah. i really liked that approach i thought it well, was a fun way to do it well, hold on, because um, for those who don't know, White Knight, because we this is how excited we are about even mentioning it. We're just going off right off the rails. Um, for those who don't know, Sean Murphy's White Knight is what would happen if the Joker became sane all of a sudden, and yep. you know what the repercussions. That's the pitch right there. Huh? That's basically the pitch right there. That's like yeah. the big jump yeah. of the whole comic. Yes, um, where the Gotham views him as the White Knight, you know, and uh, the one, the hero that they need, and uh, it's it's very, it's off-putting at first for me because I'm a huge Batman fan, but the more I read it, I was like, oh, that shit's so good. Oh, it it takes a lot for me to root for the Joker. Um, so yeah, well, I'm not gonna lie, Jack Napier like became a yeah. really cool hero in that, so. And they um, and they really they really figure it out. Like he pushes really hard on I'm saying I'm trying to help the community. I'm trying to move away from what the Joker was and what the Joker did 
and I don't even understand what was going on there. So this is yeah. me trying to move forward. And they really pushed that. I felt like yeah, was, not allowing the status quo. really thought he was losing his mind. Like, there's no way this is a real thing. <laughs> I kind of felt like that with 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 Batman. I kind of felt like I was sitting next to him. Like, what the f- what the hell is happening? Yep. Yep. Um, my third one would be uh, Ghost Rider Robbie Reyes collection by Sebastian Grimer. I love that because they finally got a, a Hispanic uh, Ghost Rider, which is something that. I've always wanted, strangely enough, and I got it. And he's driving a muscle car, and it's just so many thumbs up. Where I was like, "This is this has got to be an honorable mention at least." And they're using a mainstream right now. He was actually even in um, Heroes Reborn, so I, I like that they're using him now, um, getting more diverse. I like that. Um, and then my last honorable mention, um, since you mentioned a video game comic book earlier, I'm going to do the same: the Injustice um, comic books. Um, yeah. One and two. Um, there's so many of them. Um, but them as a whole, like if I almost feel like if you play if you read the comic books, played the first one, read the comic books, played the second one, your like whole day would just be wrapped in just complete like completion. You would feel so good about yourself. Um haven't done that, but that's the dream, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what about you? What about your uh, honorable mentions? How many to get? Um, so my first one is actually a couple of collections here, and really the reason they didn't make my list is because they're long form writing, and so and their entire run, and so they have some dips in quality and all that. But I still love them, and they just have to be here. Um, I'm so ready for this, like. But like I said before, opinion, your you know collection is going to be. You already know. Our audience yeah. does not. You already know what this is going to be because you know me too well. So yes. This- For those who don't know, this man is like a damn encyclopedia. Like, I don't even know where he's going to pull from. So I'm excited to hear what his even honorable mentions are. I could probably guess your top five, but these, I'm like, oh, sweet glory. Let's find well, out. Think, Go ahead. I think this honor, the. What I, some of the stuff I'm about to say in my honorable mentions is going to shock you because you're going to be surprised they're not on my top five. My my first set of honorable mentions are going to be all by Jonathan Hickman, and they're going to be his <laughs> long-form runs on okay. Fantastic Four, yep, Avengers, yep. X-Men, which is currently on, and that's one of the reasons why I couldn't include it in my top five, and mm-hmm. Secret Warriors. And Secret mm. Warriors was great, and it actually just missed my top five. Mm. It really did. It would probably, if we would have done six, it probably, along with my next honorable mention, would have made number six. So, so you're waving that Hickman flag real, real, real high and real proud for real, today, real, aren't you? And and you're gonna quickly find out that I have specific writers and specific artists that I am a huge fan of, and like Bendis, they are. <laughs> oh right. yeah it's, yeah right <laughs> and my next one is something we've already talked about but i had to put it in an honorable mention because it's just so good but it is incomplete hasn't finished yet why it couldn't make it here otherwise it absolutely would have made it mnt last ronin 
Well, yeah. I mean, we were. Yeah, I guess we were, we already did cover that. And we've so. already sung. We've already sung the praises of of those. Yep. The quality of those comics. Um, Hashtag it's a monster the whole time. So these next two are probably going to shock you because they're kind of from the other side of the road of my preference. So Starman by James Robinson and Tony Harris, the one from the 90s, the Starman run. That Wait, are, these, are you still doing your honorable mentions? Yes. Okay, okay. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and these are my last two honorable mentions. So Starman by James Robinson, Tony Harris, they did the entire run together. Um, it lasted from 96 to 2001. The thing was huge. There are several omnibuses they are collected into. Um, I want to say the number is five, but it actually might be six. Okay. Um, and my final one, also another long form, which is why it didn't make my top five. Jeff Johns' entire Green Lantern run. Mm, uh, looks like uh, Craig is disappointed in that one. He's shaking his head no. Why did that only make your honorable mention? Oh, why did it only? Well, again, like I said, with long-form writing, you have some dips, and I feel like at the end, it really kind of tapered off, especially post-Blackest Night. Um, It really mm. kind of tapered off. And Blackest Night... Oh, was- up, 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 up. Mm-mm. We're going to hold off on that. All right. I will hold that thought. I will hold that thought. That is very fair. Greg was supposed to stop you if you mentioned it. And he's looking at me. I know. Greg, where you at? Where you at? Do your job. He's not even looking at me in the eye. Jeez. Uh, The respect in this room. What are we going to do, Craig? So. Those are some good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those are are definitely. um, I mean, I probably could have made this list way longer. I purposely part it down. Um, I mean, I could go on all day. We could do a top 100, and I could fill that out without even too much time. Actually, I think the top five was harder than a top 100 would be because yeah, I yeah. really had to power it down, and I really had to stop and think. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, I could definitely see that. I'm, I'm actually thoroughly surprised that you just threw the whole Hickman – uh, launch in there. Uh, for those who don't know, you just that is that's your dude, and that is my dude. That is <laughs> my dude. dude. Hickman's my boy, but he's also well known for long form writing, and long form writing can sometimes either start out slow or have some major dips, and it it will affect overall. So you mm. kind of gotcha. Have to, you. Kind of have to be realistic there, just because I love everything about every little piece of his Avengers run. Doesn't mean everybody would. And uh, <laughs> I, I tried to come at this slightly objectively. Like, it is definitely, these are personal lists, that's for sure. But I tried to come a little objectively about is the quality of this as great as my rose tinted, Hickman loving style glasses might make it out to be? And I was like, hmm. Probably not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anywho. Um, so how do you want to do this top five? Do you want to do like 
we both say our top our our like for example, Absolutely. we both say our so I'm, thinking, I'm thinking what we're gonna do is we're gonna start with number five. And since you started with honorable mentions, you'll go first. You'll say your number five. We'll talk about it a little. I will say my number five. And then and and then we can discuss our number fives together. Or, you know, we could discuss them individually. Um, and I would think it will probably go number by number how we decide to do it. Um, and, like, whatever your... Because we don't necessarily know each other's list. We have a pretty good no. idea of what each other's list could or will no. be. But we don't necessarily know each other's list or the order in which these things are going to appear. I think that's true of yes. fun and surprises to happen so some of them may actually be able to bounce off of each other so talking about them together might be the way to go depending on what they are and we'll probably decide that um so why don't you go ahead and start us out with your number five uh my number five is the dark horse 1998 1989 sorry 1989's run of the mask um, by Doug Mankey, uh, John Arkud, um, artwork by Mark Badger, uh, Chris Warren, Keith Williams. Uh, I love the mask and like the older one, not because I know that in 2020 they tried uh, doing another one called The Mask. I pledge allegiance to The Mask. Uh, it was a whole yeah. run or whatever. It was terrible. It was so damn depressing and just terrible. And I get it because in the world of the mask, people are rotten. And when you put the mask on, you get to live out what you want to do, your deepest desires, um, your id, without having the repercussions of morality. Well, that's um, the whole behind it. I mean, that's the idea of what this is. Right. It's the difference between the older one, which I'm referring to, which made my top five, the mask and the mask returns. Um from the one today is that it's um, like you're dealing with like crime lords. You're dealing with like um, you're dealing with like corrupt leaders and the person who's wearing the mask is changing society um, through acts of violence, which I don't condone or I do condone. I condone, right? You don't want, don't want them to do that. You don't okay. condone. I don't condone it. Craig's shaking his head. I, he's useless right now. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> That's Craig for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, and then this newer one, it's grittier, and it it starts off with like child abuse, and it just goes downhill from there. And I'm that's, that's why right. I like I'm like, no, yeah, I'm like yeah, I'm just sticking with the old 1989, the mask, mask returns with Stanley Ipkiss. Lieutenant Calway getting the mask, wreaking havoc, but in a good way, chaotic, like a good chaotic, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, what about you? What's your number five? My number five is 1994's Marvels by Kirk Busick and Alex Ross. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and this is essentially origin of the Marvel Comics universe. As far as like when Marvel Comics started. So it's 
issues zero to four, and the zero issue covers the original unveiling of Jim Hammond, the original Human Torch. Ah, okay, okay. Is and, that the one where well, he fights Neymar? And, it, and this this story follows a reporter, a journalist, who is sort of following this. This is like our first view into superheroes. So mm-hmm. that the first issue is actually, um, you know, Fantastic Four coming in. Talks a little bit about Captain America's there for Captain America's heyday. Talks a little bit about uh, the invaders, and then really it starts off uh, Fantastic Four coming on to the scene, and it covers a lot of that. And then it ends on the death of Gwen Stacy. So it's the entire Golden Age up until the Silver Age. Interesting. And it's all through the eyes of this reporter and he kind of his life with superhero. Hmm, I like that. I think I read that. Um, it's very, do you remember who the artist is? What's that? Do you remember who the artist is? Alex Ross. Yep. It's, I read that. Oh my gosh. It was good. Yeah. He is amazing. So yeah. He also oh, yeah. did, uh, Alex Ross is amazing. He also did uh, um, what's it? Kingdom Come, right? Uh, we are going to not talk about that right now. Ah, okay, okay. I'm getting the hint. I'm getting the hint. Uh, so got we, what okay. we are going to do is we are going to go on to our number four. All right. Um, for me, uh, it was Batman Metal, by written by Scott Snyder, uh, 2017 through 2018. Do you do you have anything to say? Because uh, now I'm gonna just explain a little bit about it. Go ahead, give us give okay. us your give us your uh, elevator pitch. <laughs> elevator pitch, okay. Like for those who don't know, who have never read Batman Metal, please, please go out, support your local comic book store, get this because it's by far a work of art. Dark Knight's Metal, right? Yes, Not Dark Knight's Dark- Metal. Yes. That, well, yes. Um, essentially, it's about you know what would happen if Batman from an, the anti universe came over and tried to kill everybody, and it introduces one of the creepiest, if in my opinion, probably the most deadliest villains of all time, the Batman who laughs. This is this is some scary stuff. Um, uh, he, for those who don't know, is what would happen if Batman uh, killed the Joker. And the Joker essentially, yeah, essentially Jokerized him, and then Batman just slaughtered everybody. And uh, he's creepy beyond all reason. Um, Stuff of nightmares. And to make a villain that creepy, and then to make different variations of Batman, a lot of what ifs. I love what if stories, Um, especially with mainstream comic. You know, I love different versions. Well, we are um, I love it. So don't you actually mean Elseworlds? Well, I don't know if it's an Elseworld. I, 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 well, I, I, I'm picking up but, what you're putting I'm, down. I'm hinting at the fact that DC's what-ifs are called Elseworlds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, what he said. Yeah. Anywho, um, uh, one of my favorites, I think, was Red Death 
when uh, he steals the Flash's speed. Yep. Yes. There are there and are multiple he... versions of Batman. We should cover that. There are multiple versions of Batman that are all corrupted, similar to the Batman who laughs, and he has assembled them into basically a world conquering team. Yes. Um. Again, can't say that much and uh, enough. I couldn't couldn't say enough about it. It's it's just such good writing. Um, okay. Ending was kind of disappointing with the ending, but sure. that's just me being a, a comic book critic. Very tough well, on the endings. Again, it's it's long form writing because this story continued. Um, like I said, there's also death metal and there's yeah, also yeah. uh, Avengers, which I mean, uh, sorry, Justice League, which comes right on the heels of that. Um, yes, yes, yes. You're right. Um, so yeah. it, it really. It wasn't meant to be a perfectly neat, tidy bow. It was meant to be, oh, but come read the rest of the story over here, please. And that's and just I, sort of an issue I think people can have with long-form writing like that. And I get that. I get that. Um, don't get me wrong. It's just like, if you're going to make a massive, great story, why not have a great ending? And then right. have right. a really unique way to tie it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get don't get sloppy on the ending because you're like, well, it's going to continue to another story. Just conclude it, make it monumental on its own, and then tie it into something else in a unique way. That's either way. Any anywho, that's my only critique. Um, if there's nothing else you have to say on it, then uh, we'll hear your number four. So thank you for holding off for me. Uh, my number four, 1996's Kingdom Come. By Mark Wade <laughs> and Alex Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that all goes full circle. Uh, yeah. So um, as you can see, uh, I clearly have a uh, one of my favorite comic book artists here is obviously Alex Ross. <laughs> yes. There's clearly a trend building. You know what? I mean, it's 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 not a bad trend. Uh, his writing is, or his, not his writing. I'm sorry. Uh, his um, illustrations are breathtaking. Painting, um, really? I mean, he paint he paints it. And oh, he paints it even so, better. Yeah, most most of his work is painted, and it's so great. Um, I don't know that anything will ever be his covers. To Secret Wars 3, 4, and 5. Huh. Those were amazing. Gotcha. So good. Well, do you want to drop a little knowledge on what the comic book's about? So, Kingdom Come is an Elseworlds uh, from DC that is basically the future of the DC universe, if a new generation came in and essentially pushed the old generation out and how the old generation would respond to that and how the world would respond to that. And this new generation comes in and sort of takes a much more aggressive approach to, I was going to call it crime fighting, but really just superheroing as a whole. And eventually it gets to the point where the older generation gets fed up with it, but sort of come at it 
with the same demeanor that the younger generation is approaching their superheroing. So then you just have a very aggressive, violent confrontation happening from all angles. Um, and I, I think it's very, I think it's a, a very interesting character study with the way things go. And there are some honestly just quite hilarious um, nods in it to Lifefield, uh, Rob Lifefield, who was a uh, comic book artist and writer in the 90s. Um, and it, it very much was meant to kind of be a slight at his style. Um, the leader of the younger generation, Mangog, is very much a Liefeld character, and his characterization was clearly meant to dislike this character. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, and and um, I just I just find that pretty hilarious that it's meant to kind of be a jab at Rob Liefeld. Actually, uh, mentioning because I just I just thought about this while you were talking. Um, Batman in that one is older, and he wears like a brace, like a metal suit brace, to help Fair him enough. be able to walk and talk, or not talk, but walk around and whatever. Yep. The um, CW's crossover event that they had. I knew you were going. Had, yep, yep. They had Kevin Conroy as one of the best voices for Batman in that same character design. Yep. Um, and he I didn't was know what to do. Come Batman. Yeah, I didn't. I had no idea what to do because I saw the old Batmobile in the back. I saw him, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at here, but I love it. I love everything about it. I don't want this scene to end. And then, then he, and spoiler alert, he dies. And I was like, Why? Why DC? Why do you hate me so much? Uh, but yes, great story. That is that's a good one. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, I told you I have some on here that are gonna just surprise you. Yeah. Uh, so do you do you have anything, anything else you want to put? Anything else um, about the book you want to mention? I would just say this is an amazing story. Um, you can you can find it in trade online or your local comic book store. And well, I think I think we are ready for our number three. Number three. Okay. So for number three, which by the way, love the number three. Uh, it's the episode that we're on right now. I, you know, it's my favorite yeah. number. And uh, so number three for me is Power Rangers Shattered Grid. Now we mentioned it earlier. Um, essentially, this is a what if story uh, where the Power Rangers that we all know fight a mysterious foe from the a parallel future. Future, and it turns mm -hmm. out to be Tommy Oliver, who is the Green Ranger. What would happen if he stayed evil? And essentially, he beats the Power Rangers. Uh, he steals the White Ranger powers, becomes a weird combination. He kills Rita, takes Lord Zed's throne, and starts hopping around the multiverse of the Power Rangers, stealing powers and becoming even more powerful. It's... Oh my gosh, so good. So, so good. So satisfying. I needed a metaphorical cigarette after it. It was... It was really really good yes um, um I like not to mention like just the character designs in there um and this is let me see who wrote this uh kyle higgins a different higgins yep. uh ryan pa uh, parrot that we kind of mentioned anthony birch very creative team got together um 
even when he, him being Draken, Lord Draken, that's what he calls himself, like even yep. Tommy, his centuries or his, essentially his stormtroopers all have um, like slivers of Power Ranger power. So they look like they just walked out of like, you know, an Afghan war with, you know, the Mastodon armor. Uh, even their assault rifles look like the battle axe that the Black Ranger uses. It's, um, man, just so much good. Like, I don't know uh, where they even got this idea from, but just such a good story. Yeah, yeah, it really um, is. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to end I'm going to end it there because I could talk about this all day. I really could. Um, do you have anything you want to mention about it? I don't think so. I think you've covered most of it. Um However, my number three, it was ongoing in 2006. It was collected in trade in 2007. It was the first arc of the 2006 Moon Knight. It's Moon Knight The Bottom by Charlie Houston and David Finch. Interesting. Okay. And, And it's issues one to six. And this is... Some of the best comic writing and art and just the story comes together so well between, uh, I mean, David Finch was was the clear pick for this book and Houston's writing compliments him so well. Um, and it, it just worked so well. Uh, for those who don't know, Moon Knight is... Everyone likes to call him Marvel's Batman. Crazy. No, he's that, crazy. That's not that's not really what he is. Um, <laughs> I mean, he he's he's I mean, I guess it depends on your definition of crazy. He's clearly schizophrenic and has dissociative identity disorder. That is absolutely true. He has split personalities and identities that he struggled with and this story is actually kind of a comeback story for him the setup for the story is he got into a fight with his arch rival whose name is bushman and he essentially ended the fight by he has crescent like throwing star kind of thing similar to like batarangs are they moon darts they're not like they're like batarangs think of batarangs they're essentially that so they have like whole sharpened edges moonerangs yes yes very much moonerang um and so he took one of those and he cut bushman's face off first he falls down off of like a four-story building and completely destroys his back and then he cuts bushman's face off and then retires and this is sort of the aftermath of that. And this story is how he comes back. And we don't really deal with his other personality. He's basically said, you know, he's cured of all that. He no longer believes he has all these other identities and all these other personalities living within him and all that. Um, however, he's completely broken. And mm. it's sort of his comeback story. However, there are several twists. And a lot of them do involve him possibly being crazy or possibly being controlled by 
an entity of a higher plane than himself. <laughs> I'm I'm trying not to spoil it too much. I'm trying to bury the lead a little here. Yeah, Craig is mouthing the word crazy. Oh, uh, yeah, sure, sure. We could go with that. Um, <laughs> however, this is this is just just top notch. I mean, I've never seen something come together like this. Uh, the just the way the story. The art, the style, they all just complement each other so well. Well, I guess I do have a question for you then. Um, with Moon Knight being on your top five means you would have to be a Moon Knight you know, fan. Are you interested or are you curious on how this Moon Knight show is supposed to be on Disney Plus next year? I'm very interested. I am very interested. I'm kind of hoping they go the route of the bottom where... He was a hero. He got into a bad way, retired, and this is sort of his comeback story because that just works so well for the character. Okay. So that's something to be uh, – so if is that like – That's what I want. <laughs> like that's what I really want. <laughs> so that actually might be a good story if they if they head in that direction to kind of – for our, you know, for the listeners to kind of pick up um, just, you know, so they can get kind of – deeper into the character that might be might be seeing next year so yeah that's a, that's a good pick man that's a good pick so number two what is your number two um, see this is one thing for those who i mean i would imagine everyone who's listening is a comic book reader one way or another but those who you, you know when you get into circle of friends when you talk about certain comic books you know that some friends are going to judge you harshly and I kind of oh. feel like my last two, you're gonna judge me harshly. So I'm just we will nah. see. no, I know you. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna I do it. Got my and last two too, because I'm sure you know what they are. My number two is by Michael Bendez, 2008 Secret Invasion. I loved so it. There, I... there are some Bendis things that I could support. Secret okay. War, which is the introduction of Quake. Yeah. All right. That's actually. I actually struggled. With having that, my honorable mentions. Okay, uh, okay, good, good, good. So, okay, like, there, Bendis has done some things, right? Bendis is Daredevil. You know, Bendis has done some things where you're like, yeah, okay, that's a thing, and that's <laughs> that's bad, a thing, not a bad thing. But for those who for those who don't know, uh, Secret Invasion essentially is when the Scroll invasion happens. When the Scroll people that we saw Scroll. from Captain Marvel. Um, you, trust. you have to embrace the trust. You have to embrace the change. That's what he meant to say. Embrace the change. Something you You're should scroll, right? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I believe I believe that Captain Deadpool has been replaced by a scroll. Sorry, Just everybody. Um, we'll have to. Uh, you know, we're gonna have to stop here. We'll continue with our regularly scheduled. Once I find the real Captain Deadpool. I don't, I mean, <laughs> clearly I'm speaking of the scroll here. Yeah, of course. That's exactly how the story is, though. You don't know who to trust because even the scrolls think that they're the people they're impersonating. And so it's just, you see like a Black Panther, like uh, fighting a Black Panther. One's wearing the classic outfit. The other one's wearing a more modernized one. And you're like, I don't know who's who. Everyone's like, oh, it must be the older one who's the fake. But it turns out, nope, that's not. He's just sporting some old, some old gear. Um, 
I, I loved it. And then it went into Dark Rain, which I was kind of iffy about. Um, but overall, I, I thought... Dark Rain a little more. <laughs> huh? I think I enjoyed Dark Rain just a little more, honestly. It was interesting. It was interesting. I just don't like... Um, I don't like stories, personally, when people get impersonated. Because I just feel... I, that's just me. I just... I've always, like, had a problem with that. It's just, it's just something, you know? Um, that's why I, I, I didn't like that because you have all these villains impersonating these heroes and they're slightly acting yeah, like you're talking about dude. not liking stories where people get impersonated and yet secret invasion. <laughs> okay. Number two. No, no, no. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. The irony and what you are saying, my friend, yeah, I just need to embrace the change. Embrace the change was the, uh, the slogan that they used over and over again. They put it on billboards. They put it in comic books. Um, I remember it was on Milk. Um, yep. For Dark yeah. Rain. This was, this was the Dark Rain uh, media campaign. No, no, it was, no, it was for the scrolls because it was in green Dark writing. Rain? Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Which they could have used for Dark Rain anyway. Let's just be honest. Right. Just it could, I mean, it, it holds true for both. Yeah. Um, but what was your number two? So my number two. This is this was a hard choice because this is a big one for me. Um. And I struggle with it being my number one. But my number one is very firmly and clearly. My number two, it went a long time. It has two collected trades, six issues each, from 2010 to 2018, both volume one and volume two, Jonathan Hickman and Dustin Weaver's Shield. Hmm. You're going to have to explain that one, because I, I remember seeing it on shelves, but I did not pick that one up. So it actually ran in two pieces, which... Kind of doesn't make sense because it's actually one continuous story. So volume one is Architects of Forever, issues one to six. Volume two is The Human Machine, issues one to six. However, they did not have these subtitles. So it was just Shield one to six, 2010, and then Shield one to six. The next one came started in 2011. But that actually the last two issues were never finished. Hickman had started, um, was finishing his Fantastic Four, was starting his Avengers, and had been doing lots of other things. Uh, Secret Warriors also started right as uh, the first volume of Shield was ending. So he was doing Fantastic Four and FF, which were both part of Fantastic Four run. And... Mm -hmm. And the starting the second volume of Shield all at the same time, mm. um, and then he he was plotting his Avengers at the time. As they started the second volume, it stalled at issue. There were supposed to be six issues. It stalled at issue four, so we never got issue five and six until 2018. Well, 2018 is when issue six came out. Issue five came out. And it was either 2016 or 17. I can't remember for sure. Probably 17 because they weren't that far apart. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. And it was amazing. The complete story sometimes. So the ending gets a little bit of flack. But I think that's only because Secret Wars by Hickman, the end of his Avengers run, had already happened. If this had come out when it was originally scheduled, and things didn't have to get pushed, this would have played a, a lot better because you would have seen the threads that it was planting for what happens in Hickman's Secret War. Mm. Okay. 
this story is going to be see a trend of what kind of stories I like here on top of my favorite artists, in which we have already done my top three favorite comic book artists. Alex Ross, David Finch, and Dustin Weaver. Easily my top three favorite artists. And S.H.I.E.L.D. is the secret history of the Marvel Universe. I remember you mentioning that to me, actually. I remember uh, getting a phone call and you describing that to me. So it's funny that come full circle, several years later, you're still talking about that. I love this comic. I love it. The setup for the story is in 1951, there is a... He's supposed to be a kid, but he kind of seems like he's like on the cusp of adulthood. His name is Leonid. We later find out that he assumes he's an orphan and doesn't really know his parentage. He finds out throughout the story who his parentage is. However, he gets picked up by two members of an organization known as the Brotherhood of the Shield. And these two members are none other than Nathaniel Richards and Howard Stark. That's interesting. I remember you mentioning it before. And the Brotherhood of the Shield is ran by Isaac Newton himself. Wait, what? (laughs) Okay, I must. Really? That far back? Nope. Nope. This is 1951. How is that possible? You'll have to read to find out. Oh, okay, okay. Another main character. Another main character in this story. Leonardo da Vinci. Ah, so you're just getting all the great minds of the of the past to create the shield. Interesting. Many Renaissance men are involved in this story. Huh. If it was me, I'd probably take it back even farther. I'd make Jesus a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's just me, though. That'd be uh, fine. Well, it's taken back even further than that. Um, however, you'll have to read to find out. <laughs> okay. All right. This is the big moment. We're doing number ones now. Yep. This is this is for all the marbles. This is the this big for all the, mar- all the marbles or the marbles? Oh. <laughs> That's too bad. Mine's DC. So I'm getting I'm getting a hard no from Craig here. I'm getting he's he's giving me the cut it sign. Not looking. Well, whatever. He's he's a stick in the mud. So he yeah. well, he's underpaid anyway. So I mean, it's not like he wants to be here. I know, I know. So anywho, uh, actually, I know Greg's gonna like this one because uh, I mentioned it to him. So he's actually the only one who knows this. Uh, Blackest night. 2009-2010, Jeff Johns, boom. That's my number one, Blackest Night. All right. There it is. So those who don't know, this huge intergalactic war of the spectrum of emotions. Uh, Green Lantern only has one of them, which is Will. Yeah, There's just pars down to, let's do some zombies. Well, I was getting there. So you got Red for Rage, Orange for greed, yellow for fear, green for will, uh, indigo for compassion, blue for hope, um, pink for love. And then they're like, we're going to step it up even more. The war is not even going to be against all these other cores. It's going to be against death itself. We're going to turn people into zombies. And then when they're zombies, they get cool rings and 
we're going to bring back all these characters that died in all these other issues. And Batman's going to come back, even though he's not really dead, but he's going to come back anyway. And you get all these different zombie versions of your favorite DC villains and heroes. And they can only see you in the spectrum of the emotions that you have. So if you're an angry person, you, they would see you as like a red person. And the whole point of their existence is to not eat you, but to kill you and make you a black lantern like them. So that's what the whole story is about is a ragtag team getting together from different spectrums of the different cores, uniting to fight off the Blackest Night, which is essentially zombies. Yeah. So one of the few times that DC took an idea that Marvel already did and said, suck it, we're going to do it better because they're space zombies and they can fly and stuff. So nothing worse than space zombies. Um, not to mention one thing that really I liked during this time is that with every comic book you got, you got to, you got a different ring at the time when you bought these comic books. So if you bought all all eight comic books of the run of the main of the main run because they had different variations of like, different characters or whatever, but if you bought the the main one, you got different rings. And at one point, I collected them all. I felt amazing. Uh, I remember taking my wife on a date. And walking by the comic book store, I bought her the pink ring. She still has it. So it's it's good stuff. It's it's real fun. We just loved it. Actually, I wanted to ask you a question real quick regarding Blackest Night. Because uh, it was a, a question online that popped up. And it made me think a little bit. So if you were locked in a room and someone like stabbed you or something, you're going to die. And the only way you can live is you had to pick one of the rings from the spectrum uh, from the from the, essentially like, you know, rage, greed, uh, fear, will, hope, love, compassion. You had to pick one of them to survive. Which one would you pick? Now, if you pick the wrong one, you'll die in 30 seconds. So you, you have to be 100% honest. Which ring would you wear to save your life? Not green, that's for sure. I got no power. He's like, well, not green. I could be pretty true to myself. Not green, that's for sure. I don't know. know. Probably indigo. Compassion. Probably. Okay. Gotcha. I think I'd be uh, slipping on the blue one. I would mostly say that's pretty true about me. Yeah. I would have probably picked for you either red or blue. Um. I think a lot of people would pick red for me. I can I could see that being a thing, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that that's really like something that I let drive me. I'd say I push it back against that a lot. So hmm, I can see that. But yes, to make a long story short, because I kind of just dove right in there and just oh, that's not a problem. Splash to the deep end and just you know, Greg's giving me the thumbs up, so I guess he liked it. Uh, but yes, that is my number one. Booyah Shaka, what you got? Oh boy. So I've talked a lot about long form writing and why uh, some of the some of the detriments of it and why they're not on the list. However, my number one is the one exception to that because I can't believe I'm saying this. One of the only stories long form. Just to give an example of what I mean by this, it's 45 issues plus 
two compendium issues. This big book, um, it's collected into three tra- uh, three omnibuses. Excuse me, not trades. There's ten trades. There are three omnibuses. This is collected. Okay. Into. It ran from 2013 to 2019. Jeez. Well, go on. We got us all at the edge of our seats now. Let's. What is it? It is East of West by Jonathan Hickman. Art by Nick Dragata. Colors by Frank Martin. Lettering by Russ Wooten. Published by Image Comics. Yep, I knew you were to say that. I I remember you. I I remember having this conversation while I was truck driving. Or no, yeah, yeah, truck driving. And you, well, no, you said 2013, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't there then. I must have been traveling then. Anyway, I remember traveling somewhere and talking to you on the phone and you um, well, it telling ran me about from it. then. I started the series probably late 2013. I was it was at least one trade in when I started the series. Yes, I remember. Um, but for those who don't know what it is, 2014-2015. Okay. Either way, I, yeah, I just remember traveling when you told me about it, but uh. For those who don't know, what, what's 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 it about? So East of West is a post-apocalyptic sci-fi western, and the main character, really, the whole story revolves around first of all alternate history of the U.S. It's an alternate history where things sort of branch off early, like pre-revolutionary war early but really start branching off around the Civil War. Mm. What happens is is there are these prophets who are predicting the end of the world and all these different things happening. And then a little backdrop to where the book picks up. The four horsemen of the apocalypse have come to Earth and they somehow... It doesn't tell, I'm just giving the setup of like the first issue. It doesn't tell you how this happened. That's sort of part of the appeal of the book is you're getting kind of what happened and the continuance of what's going to happen kind of all at once. The horseman had a falling out. So death turns on his fellow horseman. And Death sort of becomes the protagonist of the book. He becomes a good guy. He's kind of fighting against the apocalypse and kind of pushing against the other horsemen. But he's actually doing it for an interesting reason. And it's really what the central dramatic crux of this story is. And I I don't want to really spoil too much. So it's hard to talk about what it is that um, betrays the other horseman for and what it is that kind of sets everything off. But Mm. um, it's very interesting. It's really cool. It mixes a lot of pseudoscience with pseudo-religion. And it's, it's just a very interesting take on a lot of this stuff. And it's totally like Western. It's very much a Western. Death is basically a cowboy. <laughs> like he really is. He's he's in a cowboy getup. He wears he wears a cowboy hat. We know death used to be all black, 
like his his skin and his clothing used to be black with like white like the inside of his mouth was white his eyes are white now it's all inverted so death somehow has become inverted from his original look he's now all white guys are black inside of his mouth so he went from being a black dude to a white dude sort of but it's not like michael jackson kind of this is like straight black like my tv versus white like kratos like painted white like the ashes of your dead family white oh spoilers for god of war one from 2005 <laughs> huh all right well that was an interesting pick uh, i remember you telling me about it like way back when so that's cool that that still holds that number one place uh, after so many years it's so very good. And I've gone back and I reread that multiple times. Always held up. And it really hasn't been that long. I mean, it ended in 2009. Uh, and let's face it, even though 2020 and the first half of 2021 have felt like forever, they've also felt like not very long at all because essentially nothing happened. <laughs> well... That is not true. <laughs> a lot did happen. But... Well, a lot happened, but I feel like for people in their daily lives, nothing really happened. <laughs> like, everyone kind of just got shut in, stuck, droning through the same thing day after day. Most people either weren't working or had extremely limited working opportunities. And it was like, the days just drug out one after another and it felt like not a whole lot was going on a lot of i mean the video game industry blew up but not a lot of new games came out the comics pretty much halted up until the start of 2021 and things just kind of stood still for like a year <laughs> hmm. well Having gone through honorable mentions, things that we have been reading, and our top five, is there anything that people have been kind of whispering in your ear that you should be looking in, that you are going to be looking into, or something that popped up that you're like, ooh, I, I think I want to get into that? Mostly Hickman's X-Men. Um, I haven't, I've been following it, but I haven't been reading it on the regular. I, I follow it. I keep up with it through other sources um sources on youtube and uh reviews and things like that um and mostly i haven't been reading it for monetary reasons hickman's x-men is huge there are several writers several artists across several titles that are all building towards hickman's vision and it's just so much to consume, and especially he's already done two big events. We had Ten of Swords, and we're just finishing up Hellfire Gala right now, both of which required you to at least have auxiliary knowledge on every title that's been released. And that's kind of a large undertaking, especially financially. And uh, so really monetary reasons are the only reason I'm not picking it up on the regular. 
Right. You know, it kind of sounds like you're signing Hickman, uh, Hickman's checks over there, just with all the reading I, you do. I, I kind of am. Um, I am <laughs> a really, really big fan of – I think what it is is I like Hickman's writing style. And I like Hickman's specific interests and creative approaches – I think we line up a lot on those sort of things. Like we share a similar um, interest and we probably share similar influences based on the type of work that Hickman does. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Um, I am a very, very big Hickman fan. Gotcha. I feel like Hickman manages to succeed where Bendis tries really hard and then always falls short. Which is like this interesting, elaborate, long-form setup and then payoff. And really where Bendis falls short is payoff. Bendis can never really get his ideas off the ground. He seeds them and then they kind of fall flat. And I feel like Hickman kind of doesn't run into that. Now, I uh, I do think some of the payoffs could have been a little better handled or done in a slightly different order that may have worked a little bit better. But for the most part, I, I find them phenomenal. And I know I could never do what Hickman It's hmm. just amazing how he can not just know the end, but know specifically going to happen. In the middle, the end, issue by issue, and seed them all throughout. So you see the DNA of everything that happens long before it happens, and yet he clearly had this whole story written before he started writing. Hmm. And it's like, how is that even possible? And it's it's very meta and it's very esoteric, but I completely enamored by that's cool that's cool i uh i have a friend who's been uh asking me over and over again to pick this one up so i'm going to be looking at uh ed brubaker's uh killed or be killed by image comics um i've heard baker stuff uh brubaker's captain america run almost made my list too um that was i struggled with putting that in there well yeah i like i like a lot of yeah, so essentially this one is about uh, this guy who tries to take his life and wakes up, and that didn't happen. And this demon saved his life and was like, hey, because I saved your life, you owe me a life every month. So for the next month, he's like thinking, like, hey, should I just allow this to happen because I should have just died anyway? Um, but then he sees like all the terrible people in the world, and he's like... So it's kind of like uh, his morality is really put into place where, you know, uh, do I punish? This is an opportunity. Do I punish people who should be dead or should I be dead? Like, should I even be in this situation? It's a very I like those kind of stories where morality is kind of tested. You know, what actually makes you human? Is it just self-preservation? And what if you don't care about that? So where does your... Where does your mind and your priorities go when 
you really don't care too much about yourself. So it's, it's interesting. Um, I hope one thing about that kind of subject is, um, uh, that's a touchy subject. Uh, you know, uh, I just hope that they do it in a, in a way that they could still get the story across, but at the same time, like not be too harsh on addressing, you know, um, suicide. So I'm, I'm interested in the comic book. Um, and I'm probably going to try to hit up my local comic book store, the ones who got it. Kind of hard to find, apparently. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm going to be looking into soon. Awesome. That sounds really interesting. And I'm, I'm a Ruby Baker fan. Um, and I haven't read a lot of his, uh, his creator-owned properties, so that might be something I'm interested in. Captain Deadpool, I think we are going to wrap it here. So thank you for joining me. Yes, uh, Minipool is calling my name after his uh, nap, so I'm going to attend Minipool now. Absolutely. So, well, thank you for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Um, for those who are just starting to uh, listen in, God knows the stuff, so just keep on listening. And uh, thanks for having me. Hopefully, I'll I get to come back. Uh, Absolutely. Know that. Know there's other subjects we can cover. Um, so I really do appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you for joining us. We will see <laughs> you next time.